um, have you heard the news yet? We are now on YouTube with full video episodes. I am so freaking excited about this. If you guys love the podcast, please, please, please go over to YouTube, open up the app on your phone right now, type into the search bar at underscore Samantha Daily. You will see the account pop up. You'll see Makeshift Happen Podcast. Go give us a subscribe. Watch some of our video episodes. There is so much more video content to come. We've got like hundreds of shorts already posted on the YouTube and now we are doing full video episodes. So if you love to consume your podcast in a video format, this is going to be for you. We have a crazy goal of making this podcast even bigger and even better this year with more production quality, incredible guests, and all of the things. So your support is what is going to help us get there. If you love the show, I would so appreciate if you go and give us a subscribe on YouTube. All right. I love you guys so much. Let's dig into this episode. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I've just got to say, this is not going to be your typical manifestation episode where people just kind of chat about believing in yourself and then tell you to visualize and journal every day to create the results that you desire. No. This week, I am joined by Reese Evans, who you may have heard of if you are in the coaching space. She is a mindset and abundance coach and the creator of the Yes Supply Method. In this episode, I really grilled Reese on some of the best science-backed techniques that she uses and teaches in her programs. What I find fascinating about Reese's approach to manifestation and inner work is that she actually built out an entire science department within her business and has employees with PhDs in neuroscience who are conducting in-depth research proving the effectiveness of these theories and modalities that many of us lean on to change our realities. Her work really centers around the power of the subconscious mind and utilizing techniques like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, emotional freedom techniques, tapping, and energy work to facilitate incredible change that lasts and helps people create the life of their wildest dreams. She now also trains hundreds of people in her Yes Supply Method coaching certification by equipping them with the tools to help their own clients release deeply rooted subconscious blocks and make quantum leaps in all areas of their life. Stick around for this conversation because we're going to dig into so many fascinating topics like what you can do today beyond journaling and affirmations to rewire your limiting beliefs, the one tool that will help you break a bad habit almost instantly, how identity work can help shift every result in your life, why subliminals are one of the easiest ways to adopt a more expansive belief system, the top science-backed techniques to manifest faster, practical tips to help regulate your nervous system, advice for businesswomen wanting to reach their next threshold of success the truth behind running a seven-figure business as a mom of two, and so much more. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. I'm so excited that you're here. I know our listeners are going to get so much from this conversation already. I have a million and one topics that I could ask you about that I'm really, really excited to dive into. But the place that I kind of wanted to start with you was I want to go back a little bit to your childhood just for some greater context into your own personal journey. And I know that you have shared that when you were quite young, your mom got into an abusive relationship and you were often the only person of color in a lot of the spaces that you walked into. And I just want to hear from your perspective, like how you think those things impacted your life and ultimately the work that you were put here to do. Absolutely. One of the big facets of what I do now is creating what I wish existed. So when I was going through so many hard times in my life, this is the thing that I needed, but I didn't even know I needed. And so it's so funny now having created the mentorship and and the role models and the understanding of our programs and patterns that I feel like would have helped me when I was going through it. Um, but when I was growing up, my mom was a single mom. So my dad wasn't really in the picture too much other than like, you know, visits 
here and there every month or whatever. Um, and so I always felt really different than everyone around me. And I always sometimes wondered, like, is there something wrong with me? Am I a bad person? Like, why does it feel like bad things are always happening to me? Because I would look at my friends who had these seemingly perfect families. And then I was like, oh, I'm different in that sense. And then, yeah, I would go to school and be one of the few um, like people of color at my school and I'd get made fun of for for some of those things. And then when I was about 10 years old, my mom got into an abusive relationship. So her boyfriend, when she first met him, like totally love bombed her. And then once they started living together, became a completely different person. And my mom is like a very like closed off, more shy person. And so I, I never really had those conversations of like, what is love? And like, what should that look like? And everything like that. And so I remember the first time seeing her in a really bad place, like thinking to myself, like, I don't know what love is, but I know that this isn't it, or I feel like this isn't it. But at the time I was powerless. And so at home, our home felt like this, like terrible, chaotic place. And then I would go to school and because I didn't know how to deal with it, I almost like dissociated. A lot of times I was like making jokes and making light of all the situations with my friends because I didn't know how to make sense of what was happening at home. And after about six years she was with him, she ended up getting breast cancer. And her and I have talked about it so much. And she is a big believer that all of the stress that was in our home, um, you know, added to her physical ailments, her physical disease. And luckily that was her last straw. She's like, I need to get out of this situation. So she left. We were so blessed that my grandma made her home available to us or else we literally would have been homeless. And she healed. And even when we were out of the this chaotic home, I carried on so much like stress. I was my own biggest bully. I was always beating myself up in my own head, always worrying about the worst case scenarios. So afraid to speak up or share my opinion because in the past, anytime I said anything, it turned into hours of fighting or arguing or yelling or throwing, list goes on. And um, for a long time, my outside world just reflected my inside world. So I had toxic friendships. I had like jobs where I had to like chase to get paid. I was always afraid to ask for a raise um, or feeling like a number. And this continued on and on and on until... Um, I started to realize how much I was projecting the work that actually needed to happen within. So I remember at my old retail job, which I really disliked, I was surrounded by, you know, people who I thought had huge potential. And they would say things like, I really want to be a successful entrepreneur, but I can never do that. I really want to be a successful artist, but I can never do that. And I remember wanting to shake them because I could see their potential and thinking like, of course you can. Like the world's not telling you no, you're telling yourself no. And then it hit me, wait, what if I could actually reach a higher potential too and nobody's telling me no except myself? And that's when the wheels started turning for creating my blog, now business, Yes Supply, because I was like, what if I do an experiment where I just tap into my creativity, tap into creating what I wish existed and start saying yes to myself instead of talking myself out of opportunities? And it was that aha moment where my life started to change. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that question that you asked yourself of what would I ask for if I knew the answer was going to be yes and I just wanted to like share that in those words because that question gives me goosebumps and I think it's something that everybody could just utilize and take into their life right now and ask themselves like what would I ask for if I knew the answer was going to be yes and it's that exact idea that you're speaking to of really seeing your own potential and believing things to be true for yourself before you have all the evidence but choosing to look at it from the lens of we talk about like what if a lot and what if is always usually followed by something negative like what if this doesn't work out what if I what if I can't what if I fail what if they laugh what if no one buys right but playing that kind of game with yourself of what if it's better than I could have imagined? What if they say yes? What if it works out? What if this becomes, you know, my next biggest adventure? Like what if everything is working out for me and unfolding in the right timing as it should? And that's such a powerful shift and was something so important for me in my own journey too, of even just the statement of everything is always working out for me. That's one of the things that like 
changed my life massively and it's so simple and it's so easy to overlook it but I think really taking those questions of like what would I ask if I knew the answer was going to be yes and even just shifting thoughts to okay everything is always working out for me those simple things can really get you started on a super powerful path in your life I'd love to kind of extend this idea of shifting our minds or shifting these little like statements, asking ourselves these questions and dig a little bit deeper into what's actually happening there to kind of talk about the subconscious mind because I know that's like the basis of, of your work. So we know that in order to change any pattern, habit or behavior, we really need to get to the root, which oftentimes lives in the, in the subconscious mind, right? But there's also this idea about like the root being our identity around something and having to shift our identity. So I'd love to hear your personal take on this idea of like identity work and what it means to actually change your identity because it sounds like that's exactly what you started to do once you asked yourself that powerful question of what would happen or what would I, what would I do if I knew the answer was going to be yes. Absolutely. I totally agree with everything that you said. And I love your perspective on that too, asking that powerful question. And identity work is huge in in this. And that is where I always go to right after I figured out what is my yes, right? Um, So when we're born, we know that we're meant for whatever it is that we want. We know that we're meant to be supported and loved. We don't have to think twice of like, should I cry out for my mom to help me or for my mom to feed me? We know that we're deserving of more. And so if you can think of it like this, we're born whole and knowing that we can have everything that we want or we should have everything that we want. And then what happens is we take in all of these programs, all of these labels that limit us. Um, And it's kind of like wearing other people's hand-me-downs, wearing our mother's or grandmother's or the media's hand-me-downs because they say like, oh, you're a woman, so you should act like this. You should depend on other people or whatever it is. You can't be too successful because other people will hate on you, da, da, da. And so we observe either whether it's in the media or TV or even from the people around us who are telling us that we need to act in a certain way to fit into what's expected of us. We take on all of these labels and we wear them like other people's hand-me-downs. And that's often why it feels so uncomfortable when we want something bigger than where we already are, but we feel stuck in where we are because we're literally, we're wearing clothes that don't fit us. We're being something or fitting into something that actually like isn't our size to continue on the clothes, you know, analogy. And so with the identity work, I used to say, and I used to see it as stepping into a new identity, but actually now how I see it is asking yourself like who are you truly because who you truly are knows you're meant to be wealthy knows you're meant to be abundant knows you're meant to be loved and supported by others knows that you're meant to be healthy and full of energy and life and so what we need to do is peel back the programs that said like you can't do this you can't do that and give ourselves to be sorry give ourselves permission to be who we truly are regardless of other people's judgments because they can keep it and we can wear our luxury you know gucci chanel cashmere whatever it is that we want like we can wear the outfit that we want to wear i don't need any cashmere right now because i'm in florida but (laughs) back in canada maybe (laughs) yeah yeah i love that okay so if we were to kind of get into some of the tangibles about this i've heard you also say your subconscious mind will never make you a liar which is one of my favorite quotes and i use it all the time in my work as well it's something that's super fascinating but besides things like because okay so to unpack that a little bit right your subconscious mind will never make you a liar if you're sub if you have a subconscious belief about something you will go out into the world and continue to find proof and evidence and act in a way that supports that belief and you will find it to continuously be true in your life your relationships whatever so to go into kind of like the tangibles besides things like affirmations journaling eft which i think a lot of our audience here today will probably be familiar with what can our listeners put into practice today to start rewriting some of those subconscious beliefs that might be holding them back? You know, you talk a lot about like the language of the mind, 
which happens in pictures and sounds and feelings. So could you maybe walk us through what that would look like on a really practical, like step-by-step level? Like what can we actually do with the information and knowing that we have to speak the language of the mind? What might that look like? Absolutely. So I would start off with designing that new self-image. So the version of you who's living your yes life, you know, you're making the money you want, you have the business that you want, the travel, whatever it is, decide and make an image in your mind of what that is. And it can be really beneficial to write it down. Have fun with it when you're writing it down. Because this is like who you get to be. Like, this is fun. This is play. It's not like forced or work. So it's like, well, it would be fun if I was a great storyteller. It would be fun if I could just go on a podcast and not feel nervous at all. It would be fun if I could just walk into any store and feel so abundant. I can buy whatever I want. And write down that identity or that self-image so that you're clear on the programs that you would need to exist within your subconscious mind. Another thing that you can do, like in collaboration with that, is start to have self-awareness of where you are operating programs that aren't aligned with that. So if you see a girl on Instagram buy a new Maserati and you get angry like why does she get to have it or oh she thinks it's it was so much easier for her than me and you start to get upset or jealous or triggered around someone else being abundant that that actually has nothing to do with that other person and it has everything to do with the rules that you are telling yourself have to exist in the world so you might have a rule within you that it's like oh has to be hard to make money or it has to take a certain amount of time to get to this place and I don't like it when other people get there and so what you can do is write a list of all the programs you would love to exist within you that would be helpful to you and also write a list of things that are no longer serving you so judgments jealousy you know feeling triggered around other people being successful with ease or whatever that is write that down because now you have a clear path to the programs that you need to install and the programs that you need to release and then like you said before some of the tools that you mentioned are incredibly powerful tools so hypnosis why hypnosis is so powerful is because from ages zero to seven, we were in alpha and theta brainwave state being programmed to believe that we can or can't do certain things. And then we're living out that program for the whole rest of our lives. So with hypnosis, you can go back into that same brainwave state and now tell yourself, I can be abundant. I can have wealth with ease. I can go on a podcast and not feel nervous or whatever it is. And that is actually setting up a new subconscious program that's going to operate. So our subconscious operates over 95% of our daily actions, behaviors, occurrences. So that is actually what's going to start to play without even feeling like you're forcing yourself to act different. Um, In terms of identities too, one thing that I always reflect on is if I'm not allowing myself to be something or step into something, like what is the distance between who I am and what I think that identity is. So for a lot of people, if I say the word CEO, because we have this language of our mind, picture sounds of feelings. If I say the word CEO, do you think of like a woman or do you think of an old man in a blue suit with white hair? Because I know for a long time when I would hear the word CEO, I would picture literally an old man with white hair in a blue suit And so I didn't realize, but subconsciously, I was telling myself, well, I can't be that because that is what that looks like. And so it's really good to notice where we're separating ourselves and start to reprogram ourselves to be like, no, a CEO can be look just like me and spend the day at the beach and work in the evenings and have great automations or whatever it is. Like it doesn't have to look that certain way. Um, And so I think one of the tools that you were talking about with the language of the mind is submodalities work. And so if we have this picture in our mind of CEO looking a certain way, we can actually shift how we store that picture in our mind. So it's not so um, like concrete or it's not so like obtrusive in our mind. When we think of CEO, we connect it with that identity and we can in its place put a picture of a new identity of like it's a woman who a woman who wants to support other women. It's someone who has freedom and flexibility in their schedule. It's a mom, whatever it is. And so now we're like, I can be that because that is me. Mm. So gaining so, awareness of where we're not allowing ourselves to be something we want to be based yeah, on how we programmed it. it. Yeah, is sorry. that something that you would reprogram in the state of hypnosis? So um, 
you can do it in hypnosis, but you can actually do it outside of hypnosis too. So one of the tools that we teach is called single belief change. So you literally get yourself to bring up a picture of a certain belief or story or identity that you're holding on to and understand how do you categorize it. So how we perceive the world and how we store our beliefs and meanings of things, like how you said in those thought packets of picture styles and feelings, how I see it is it's like a holographic filing cabinet. So I might have certain beliefs around things here. I might the, might have the food that I like to eat here on the right side and how I believe about things on the left side and things that I don't believe are possible are at the top and things that I do believe are possible at the bottom. And everyone stores it a little bit differently. And so when you're working with each client, you ask them questions to understand their neurology. So it's like, okay, when you think of a successful CEO, do you have a picture? And then you're going to ask them, is it black and white or color? Is it near or far? Is it bright or dim? Is it to the left or to the right? Is it moving or still? You're asking them all of these questions to understand how they store it. And then you can shift how they store that picture and then put a picture that serves them, picture found and feeling package that serves them in that place. So now when they think of CEO, they think like, oh, that's me, that's easy. Or when they think of standing on that stage or when they think of receiving that money or raising their prices, it doesn't feel like something is separate from them. It feels like, oh, that's natural. That's normal to me. That's who I am. Mm, so powerful. Oh another, another great tool because that's like a little bit more advanced and that's what we teach in the certification. But another great tool if somebody wants to get into starting to reprogram their identity is subliminals and you can use this for reprogramming anything but i love subliminals and i actually have a lot of subliminals on my youtube channel you can find subliminals from other people too just make sure it's from a reputable source because this person is literally putting affirmations into your subconscious mind but and how because you can't re you, because you can't really hear it like who knows exactly what it is. exactly yeah but how subliminals work is your whole life you were exposed to someone saying something thousands of times so Someone might have said, like, it's hard to be successful thousands of times. You didn't even realize it. It just got imprinted in your brain. So how subliminals can work so quickly is now you're listening to an audio that underneath your conscious awareness, your subconscious mind is hearing this audio of, like, it's easy to grow a business. It's easy to grow a business. It's easy to grow a business over and over and over again. And that's going straight into your subconscious mind that can't reject information. And then your beliefs and your perceptions are changing. And I love it because, like, as a mom... You know, I have so many different things going on. So I used to have like my hour long morning ritual. I don't always get to do that anymore, but I can always just pop a subliminal in in my headphones when I'm just, you know, around the house or whatever. And I see and I feel the differences. Yeah, it's so real when you think about like how we learn things as a child. We're just like watching, observing, listening. You're a and sponge. Yeah, and we, we can rewrite a lot of those programs by doing the same thing. But what's required is the repetition, which I think is the piece that a lot of people are missing is they try something once or they do it every once once in a while, but they don't really stick with it. And uh -huh. it really is that like repetition that's going to create the, the, the wiring and the firing of those new neurons in, in your brain to really make those new pathways. And so subliminals is a, is a really effective way to do that because it takes no time. You can just listen to it while you're doing something else, but you're getting so many repetitions. So I think that's a really great tip and you guys should go check out uh, Reese's subliminals on her YouTube channel as I'm going to do as well, because <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to get that in my life more often. I love that so much. I get people message me all the time saying like, I listened to the well subliminal and I just got all this money out of the blue or a client just popped in out of the blue like what is this so it's pretty cool yeah that's amazing so we mentioned like hypnosis and I've also heard you talk about like a technique that could you know you, you get someone who's let's say addicted to like diet coke and <laughs> then they could be you know suddenly just really turned off by it they don't even want to drink it or someone who's like stuck in this pattern of scrolling social media every day avoiding what they're supposed to be doing and then almost instantaneously they can release that pattern. Is this something that would be rooted in hypnotherapy or like what what kind of techniques would you teach or use to get some of those like really impressive, you know, what feels like kind of almost an instantaneous sort of change in someone's behavior? Yeah, so those ones are very instantaneous. So with hypnosis and with the NLP, I find the shifts are instantaneous. It's like one session and the person is acting and feeling completely different. 
with things like EFT, that does take repetition. So you'd want to do EFT every day or as often as possible for a few weeks to see a shift. Same with subliminals. Although subliminals can be very powerful, you're, you're going to get the most benefit if you just press play and just have it on during the day or have it on when you sleep. But with the NLP techniques that you're talking about, they work like that. So the first one you mentioned, if someone is obsessed with like Coke or chips or a certain food or cigarette smoking, and they're like, I no longer want to be ingesting this thing or doing this thing. That is a tool called mapping across. So that is one of the submodalities tools that we just talked about. So let's just say it's Coke and the person wants to um, release, you know, drinking Coke all the time. I would ask them, okay, so when you think of how much you like Coke, do you have the picture? And then they're going to answer me, yes. And I'm going to ask them, okay, is it black and white or color? Is it near or far? Is it bright or dim? Um, is it to the right or to the left? I'm going to ask questions about what's called the submodalities, which is the characteristics of how our mind stores meaning of this thing. So if somebody loves Coke, yes, they love the taste. They probably also have an emotional connection to it. It's like, it's like their comfort, right? That's how I used to be with coffee. Coffee was like my comfort drink. And so what we're doing is we're finding the characteristics or some modalities of that. And then we're going to find the characteristics of something that is similar, but that they don't like. So let's just say they don't like Sprite. I'm going to ask them, okay, how does your mind now store Sprite? So they might say like, it's color, it's far away, it's dim, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, it's very simple once you know what to do. You literally just take the characteristics of how they store the Coke and shift it to how they store Sprite. And then all of a sudden, like right after the session, they're like, that's disgusting. I can never drink it again. <laughs> so so we, crazy. Like our clients all the time are like, oh my gosh, I was eating like a pack of gummy bears every single day and now I can't even look at them. Um, we had a student once who took one last sip. I think it was Coke or Dr. Pepper or something like that. One last sip of it before doing the technique because she's like, okay, this is the last time. Took one last sip did the technique and then was like, I need to vomit because the taste of it was still in her mouth. Like it's that quickly how much you can shift it. Yeah. I've heard of people doing this that really need to release alcohol and they've like changed it so that the flavor is like almost like drinking piss out of a can and they like can't even stand the thought of like ingesting it anymore. It's so crazy. Like what our minds can do. Exactly. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this because it's like we all have access to the world's most powerful supercomputer and we don't have the manual. But all of these tools that I've learned, the submodalities, the language of the mind, I'm like, this is the the user's manual that we've all been wanting. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like Yes Supply has, you have like a whole like science and research department now and you've added in a lot of that to your work, which is really cool. So there's, you guys are actually doing real research to back up the evidence to support things like law of attraction, manifestation, like how all this stuff works, how we can really create change in our lives and, you know, the subconscious reprogramming. I'm curious, like from, cause I know you guys have been doing that for a little bit now. Like what are some of the, the coolest like insights that maybe off the top of your head you can share from the findings that you've had in your research department and some of these science-backed techniques or modalities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. And a big part of why we brought the science in was because I was seeing myself manifest so many incredible things so quickly. And before I learned about all of this, I was skeptic, right? But then when I saw it in my life, I'm like, hey, this is real. Like I want to be able to help people know that this is real because when we're in the knowing state, like everyone, anyone who knows manifestation knows like the knowing state law of assumption. When we're in the knowing state, we manifest so much faster. So when we know the science behind it, now we don't even need to doubt our manifestations. We know if we um, have the vision of what it is that we want and we're in that energy that it's already done, like it's coming. It's just a matter of time. We don't have to doubt. Um, so what will happen is I kind of think about like, what is a theory? And then I ask Aubrey, who's on our team, who's our PhD and our award, uh, award-winning neuroscientist, um, let's do some research on this. So one interesting study that we did was using our SWISH technique. And what we found was that when someone believes they'll be successful at it, they perform 17% better. 
So we had people do a certain test and, you know, get their results or get their mark. And then we had them do the swish technique, which is another NLP modalities technique to believe that they will be successful at a test. And then we changed the test and had them do the test. And, every, and you know, from all of the data on average, they performed 17.5% better. So what it showed us was when you internalize a belief that you're going to be successful at something, you will perform better. And so it's so good to know because rather than, you know, just worrying, can't I do it or whatever it is, or just forcing yourself to do something, it is actually so beneficial to take the time to do the inner work and believe in yourself because you'll do better because of it. Yeah. So when I think about this from like the lens of, well, it's cool to think about it for your children. If you are someone who's a mom or you have littles in your house, like really instilling that in them, the belief that they can do things will really help them succeed. But from the perspective of like adults and a lot of people listening to this podcast probably have big goals. Maybe they're starting businesses. They want to launch a podcast or whatever it is. And they're like, maybe they're going to speak on a stage or they want to write a book. And I'm wondering if from what you've seen, because in my experience, like certain levels of like doubt and fear are never going to fully go away. Like there's always going to be those, those thoughts can, that can kind of come and visit you of like, "Mm, I wonder, you know, how this is going to turn out or I hope I do okay. And that kind of thing. Can there be doubt present while we still on a deeper level believe that it will work out or we will succeed? Because I think a lot of people might get tripped up hearing this being like, oh, if I just believed that I could do it, I would perform better. But they might be like, what if I don't fully, what if there's still a little seed of doubt there? Yeah, I think that you're right. It's totally normal to doubt. Um, But what we can do is be proactive about it. So let's just say there's someone who they know that in a few days they need to stand on stage. They need to stand on stage, deliver a talk. It's important for their business or it's important for their career. That person has the choice of I can either worry up until Thursday afternoon and then go stand on the stage or I can use, you know, science back techniques to help me get more comfortable about standing on that stage and instill that belief. So when I show up, I'm going to perform better. So, you know, anyone who's done research into um, sports psychology knows that mental rehearsal and visualization is a science back tool that allows people to perform better athletes, um, you know, high level CEOs, whatever it is, like there's so many studies on this. So it's like, it's worth it to spend the time doing the inner work, visualize yourself standing on that stage visualize the faces of everyone in the crowd like cheering or saying like oh my gosh that was so amazing it changed my life because you going there in your mind is going to make you perform better because you're going to be more comfortable right our our neurology and our nervous system it is drawn to what is like normal to us or what we're familiar with so if you go there in your mind and your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real and imagined if you speak on that stage in your mind five times before you stand on the stage in physical reality, you're going to be so much more comfortable. When you're more comfortable and your nervous system is regulated, you actually have better access to the part of your brain that is responsible for innovation. So when you're in fight or flight, your creative centers are turned off because your brain is just like, I need to run. This is a threat. This is scary. But when you're comfortable, yeah. now you have access to your subconscious. You're going to get better ideas. You're going to be able to speak. You know, you're not going to forget about your notes. You're going to be able to say what it is that you actually meant to say. So it is worthwhile to do what you can do to get regulated and feel comfortable and believe that you can do it before you do the thing. And that's why I love yeah. coaching and doing this proactive mindset work. Yeah. So you can feel the little bit of fear. You can feel a little bit of doubt and be like, all right instead of letting that take over, let me do what I can. Let me do what's in my control. I'm going to implement these tools. I'm going to do some mirror work. I'm going to do some affirmations. I'm going to script on, you know, what I, what I want this to look like, what the desired outcome is. I'm going to practice the mental rehearsal. I'm going to visualize myself standing there, succeeding, saying everything that I want to say, having it be well-received, seeing the crowd go wild or whatever it is like, and just doing those things that you do have the control over. I love that. Absolutely. I love really proactive with it. Absolutely. And I love EFT for that too. Because EFT, you're tapping on your energy meridians and it's literally sending a signal to your amygdala saying you are safe. So if you go in your mind and you're standing on that stage and you say, even though I'm afraid standing on the stage, I'm I'm completely safe. I love and accept myself. 
you're sending signals to your brain that you're safe and you're loved and you're good enough no matter what happens. So your brain is already going to be more relaxed when you're sitting on that stage. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good tip. Oh my God. Okay. You mentioned nervous system regulation. So I'm wondering if we wanted to, let's say, like calibrate our nervous system to be able to hold higher levels of wealth or higher levels of responsibility or higher levels of success. What are some things that we can do to start to to work on that? Let's say we're like reaching a new level in our careers or in business and we're like, ah, don't know if I can like hold this or we're a little bit nervous about managing it or having that extra responsibility. What are some things we can do to help regulate our nervous system? I think absolutely. That's such a good question. So I think the first thing that we want to do is take a look at what are the beliefs or the thoughts or the stories that we're telling ourselves that are putting us into a dysregulated state in the first place. So there might be the idea that if I make more money, it's going to be way more work. I'm going to have to work all the time. I'm not going to be able to manage it all. It's going to be too much responsibility. Like, you know, you can feel the panic in your nervous system, even just saying it. And so off the bat, even before you get into the nervous system regulation is thinking about like, does is this belief true right because I know I was working a lot more (laughs) before I hit 10k months than I am now having six figure months because having more money or making more money doesn't mean working more if you have a great team or you have great systems or you have great automations or you're great at selling or you're great at marketing you could actually make more money while doing a lot less so I think it's a good idea to reframe those beliefs in the first place and say like are they really true or is it something is it a program that I picked up along the way like what we were talking about before and then Mm -hmm. in those moments but of course as you grow as your business grows there is going to be ups and downs and so in the moment what you can do to nervous system regulate is I honestly do go back to EFT all the time Um, I also do a lot of deep breathing, being a seven-figure business owner and also being a mom of two toddlers. There can be chaos. There can be a lot going on. And so I'm doing box breathing and deep breathing all the time because I know that it's toning my vagus nerve. So that's allowing me to, again, I'm doing the proactive work. It's allowing me to be regulated when those situations come up, when there's like a diaper blowout or like (laughs) whatever it is, right? Um, so that's really important. Also, too, if you are feeling really activated, really anxious, really panicked, our mind doesn't know the difference between if we're panicked because we're about to do a webinar or if we're panicked because there's a lion chasing us. And so another great tool is shaking. So, you know, you can just play some music, dance around, move your body, get outside, move your body, go for a quick run. Or shaking I love, which is literally, if you've ever seen a dog come out of a pool and shake off, just do that. Like literally shake your head, shake your shoulders, shake your arms, shake your legs, just shake almost as if you're trying to get water off your body. Because when an animal is in threat, it focuses on escaping the situation. And then once it has escaped, it literally just shakes to release all that pent up energy. And so many of us, because we you know, don't have access to these somatic tools or don't know them yet, we're just walking around with all this pent up anxiety, all this pent up panic, and we don't know what to do with it. And then it makes us feel panicked about other situations that maybe shouldn't even panic us. So our body is sending 80% of the information in our body to our brain through afferent neurons. And then through efferent neurons, there's 20% of the information going from our brain to our body. So when we're not just managing our thoughts, which is very powerful, and I love that work, but we're also managing how we feel in our body, we're completing that psycho-cybernetic process where our body is informing our brain and our brain is also informing our body that it's safe, we can manage making more money, we can manage having a bigger team, we can manage bringing in more wealth or whatever it is. I also think too connection is so important. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm a big fan of shaking, so I love this. I love it too. And also too, connection is so important. So, you know, being in rooms where people are doing big things and seeing it like being totally normalized can really help our subconscious mind be like, this isn't some airy-fairy dream. Someone right in front of me is doing it. Yeah. Uh, Having expanders is huge. Like 
exactly what we were talking about before, having more repetitions, more visual pictures that are happening mm-hmm. not only in your mind as you're imagining them, but actually in your real life in front of you of like, oh, everyone, it seems like everyone's doing this. Everybody can hold this much. Everyone is successful. Everyone is doing this with ease. It makes it more normalized so that you can kind of start to correct that feeling of like, oh, this is impossible or this is super hard. But to go back to the shaking thing, I love that practice so much. And I've always taught like shaking meditations because it's so effective. And I think it really like ties a beautiful thread back to what you spoke about at the start with your mom and the experiences that she was having in that relationship and then her getting sick with cancer and really remembering that like the book title, The Body Keeps the Score of like everything that we're not releasing and using these somatic practices to work through is being held and stored in the body. And if we know that 80% of is of the information is coming from the body and going to the mind, like that's, that's the majority. That's a lot of information. So you want to make sure that the body is a really clear channel and things like shaking can really, really support with that. So I love that you mentioned that. Absolutely. Totally agree. Okay. For the, for the business owner who is, I have a lot of clients and people in my audience. It seems like everybody is pivoting. We're all like experiencing a a little mini of like an identity crisis where we're going through an up level of some kind for the business owner that is pivoting or going through this up level. She's like transitioning her business or her social media in some way. And she's having some of that fear and doubt, like come back up again. Uh, that maybe, you know, her income is going to dip or that this new project isn't going to work or that she might lose audience members. What would you remind her of to keep her on track? And what can she do to support herself in the in the pursuit of that next level and kind of breaking through that threshold? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a good question. I think just as powerfully as we can imagine and worry about things going wrong, we can just as powerfully imagine and and think about things going right. And so when you think of all the reasons why things could go right, you're putting your subconscious mind to work to bring you the ideas to bring that to reality, right? So our subconscious mind is so powerful. And I use, I get, I put my subconscious mind to work outside of what I'm consciously doing. It's so like before I go to bed sometimes, I'm like, okay, help me figure out a way. I'll ask it a question like, when I wake up, tell me all the ways to da 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 da. And then I'll notice ideas just drop in during the day for the content that I'm creating or the course that I'm putting out or whatever it is. And then as the idea drops in, I just take action on it. So I know that I grew up hearing, quote, Murphy's Law, which is what goes up must come down. But the big shift that I've given myself is no, 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 it's not what goes up must come down. It's a, It's momentum. So what keeps going what starts going keeps going right like if you take a ball Mm. and you start it rolling down a hill the more it goes down a hill it goes faster and faster and faster so I'm like I'm not working with Murphy's Law I'm working with momentum right things can keep going and the very fact that you got to where you are now with all the ideas and all the inspiration all the creativity that brought you to where you are now you can bring all that together to bring you to the next level I also think, too, it can be a good idea to drown out the noise. And, you know, it's so easy to pick up our phone and scroll on TikTok or Instagram and everyone's telling you something different. It's like all your content has to be four seconds or no one's going to watch it. All like, you know what I mean? And, and then someone will tell you the exact opposite. And so what my belief is, like, I always think about the fact that I'm so many people's dream client because the seven second content, like, it's fine, Right. But I actually love long form content. Like I love taking courses. I love taking certifications. When I'm driving, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast, but a lot of times I'll listen to like a course or a certification that I that I bought. Like I recently bought a naturopath detox naturopath certification just because I was interested and I was listening to it like a podcast. So I think some people will tell you like clients want this and customers want this and they want seven second content and da 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 da. But I think it's important to bring your unique magic because there will be the people who are like I can't look at any more seven second things I need to hear something long for and like I'm still like like I said I like course I like certifications I like YouTube so I think to an extent we can we can know what's going on because we don't want to be in a complete box but I think we still have to tune into like what's true for us and that will help us operate our business from our magic 
Yeah, I was literally just having this conversation with a friend the other day who's also a business owner, and we were talking about how it's good to stay informed about what's working nowadays in the algorithm and social media, whatever platforms you're on, but also you can't let that bog you down and control your life and make you question the way that you're doing everything. Like you still have to stay true to yourself. You know, I had an Instagram expert on the show recently and he shared so many incredible tips and he's, you know, works closely with meta and like has a lot of really high quality information about what's working and what's not. And I was laughing with my friend of like, I'm still doing half of the things that he said to not do, (laughs) but it's, but it's because like on a certain, on a certain level, like I'm aware of what's going to help you know, get more views or help my performance. But on another level, I'm also really aware of my creative process and what works for me and how I want to express. And also my audience, like the algorithm doesn't know my audience and what they like Mm -hmm. to see from me and what they want to hear. And I do have people that want to read my deeper thoughts and will, will take the time to read a longer caption and things like that. So I love that this kind of took a turn, but it is an important reminder of like limit the limit, the avenues of comparison that you have so that you can stay true to your pivot or your up level or the transition or whatever it is that, that you're moving through, like we really do have to put those blinders on sometimes to stay true to ourselves and and what we know is going to be right for us. Mm-hmm. You might be the breath of fresh air that someone is looking for because they've watched a bunch of 10 second reels on a certain topic. And they're like, finally, someone is talking about it for 20 minutes, like actually going in depth. Because I think what happens now is because, you know, sometimes it feels like we're forced to do shorter uh, pieces of content people aren't getting the whole picture right so yeah. to run a to run a successful business it takes like a whole ecosystem it's not just instagram it's not just your email list it's not just a master class and there's so many great experts out there who are really great at instagram so they say do this on instagram do this on instagram but if you're doing all this stuff on instagram but you don't know how to sell you're going to be just pumping out so much content make be beautiful content but they're gonna be like why am i not making any money so sometimes you need to listen to I hate to to break this to some people but sometimes you need to listen to maybe like a 15 minute course or an hour-long course so you can understand that okay yeah social media is great and it works great with this masterclass, and it works great with this podcast and it and like understanding like oh there's a whole system here and I can put some things in and take some things out based on what I like but and the same goes for health too. It's like if you only learn about macros, but you don't learn about like building muscle, you're going to be like, why isn't this working? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a call for people to really get in the room. If something's important to you, you want to learn about something like actually get in the room, get a seat at the table because you consuming the little things of like this one thing made me millions. And then it's like, this exactly. is the one thing that I did to whatever. And it's like, uh, there's a million people saying this one thing and exactly. if that's all that you're consuming you're going to be really fucking confused it's <laughs> basically it's true and not real I literally had this thought like a week ago so I'm so glad you said that because like unfortunately people are just saying this one thing because it's a good hook it's not mm. this one thing like let's just be honest yeah it's like this one thing plus seven years of hard work and uh-huh. all the other stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. the internet, the yeah. mindset work, the strategy, like it's a, it's a whole package and that's okay because it's growth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. You are someone who has built a really successful business and you have two small children. I'm always curious for myself. I selfishly, whenever I interview like CEO mamas, I'm like, all right, give me the tea. Like, how does it work? Because a limiting belief of my own that I've been consciously like rewiring over the past probably like two years, I realized like I'm scared of motherhood because of the idea of how it will impact my business. Or I'm like half the time I can't even remember to eat lunch for myself. Like if there's small humans depending on me for every single little thing, like I don't know how that's going to work. But I also kind of think like, I remember when I was younger and I was super busy and I had a really packed schedule, I was so much more efficient and I got so much more done in like my 30 minute study hall that I had, I would get all my homework done because I knew that I had cheerleading practice and dance and all the other things. So I'm wondering like in your experience, have you gotten more efficient and effective by becoming a mom? Like, but like 
really candidly, what is it like running a seven-figure company and having two small children? What have, what have <laughs> you learned? Like what, what, is, what is happening behind the scenes? Totally. Yeah. I'm really grateful that I started my business in my 20s before I had kids. I think I had Isaiah when I was 30 or 31. Um, and so it gave me some time to understand like how to grow my business and what's working for me and what's not working and get really clear on my product suite and what I like to sell and what I like to create. And so how I run my business might be very different than how other people run their, their businesses as moms, but I've kind of flipped the typical schedule on its head. So most people work five days a week and then take two days off. I work Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then the rest of the week I'm with my kids. So I'll do a little bit like on nap time or after they go to sleep. That's when I'm doing like social media, like just posting something or getting something out there. And then when I'm like sitting on camera, that is like my kind of work time. So usually that's Wednesdays. Um, I'm doing like client calls. And then Thursdays, if I'm doing like a masterclass. And again, no one needs to do a masterclass to grow their business, but I'm like, I'm a long form gal, so <laughs> that's what I do. So um, usually once a month on Thursdays, I'll do like a live masterclass where I'm selling one of my programs. And so what has been huge to me is systems. So I am also someone who I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. So even since I started my business, I've always thought of like, how do I systematize this? And so with my programs, I know who my ideal client is what they're looking for, how my product supports them. And so I don't need to come up with something completely new out of the blue every time I sell. I'm speaking to the person who I know that I help and I'm telling them this is what my program offers and this is how it can help you and this is what it entails and everything like that. And so I, like if I'm showing up live, I kind of already have a system of how I sell, how I promote. I know like what my stories are for reels and um, you know, what my main teachings are. Like if you if you come across my Instagram, you'll notice that I'm pretty much always talking about either the subconscious mind, abundance mindset, and like the techniques that I teach and the universal laws. Like those are like my things. And so I've just, instead of trying to be everything to everybody, I've just dove deep on the things that I love to talk about that I feel like I can help people the most. And so it doesn't have to be some long drawn out process to do the work because I just have like my certain times where I run my my live coaching program. So that's on Wednesdays, like right now, 11 to 2 and 5 p.m. And then um, if I'm on a podcast, it might be on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then if I do a sales masterclass, that's on a Thursday. So that's like me on camera time. And then outside of that. Oh, and then on Thursdays, I might um, film a YouTube channel. And then outside of that is just posting out content, which, you know, can take 15 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on the day. And again, a lot of time I'm saying, I'm talking about similar facets, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I hope that's helpful. And then um, I recently discovered this great tool called Get, Get Munch. And so it helps me take like either my longer masterclass or my YouTubes and cut it into smaller um, sections so that I can post that, but it just... It takes like five minutes to put it into the thing and then it gives me my my little video content and then I write a caption and it's like, yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love utilizing like AI for that, those types of things of taking stuff that you've already done and just chopping it down, making it short. And I think what you were talking about earlier is being really clear on who you serve and like what you're the message that you're trying to get across and who you're talking to and what you're talking about and when you know that and it's really firm it becomes super easy to mm -hmm. just continue to like put stuff out there and run your master classes and sell your programs because it's not you're not creating something new or pulling something out of thin air every single time huh. or trying to serve a new market or a new person it's like it's a well-oiled machine and you can talk about it in in different ways all the time but you know exactly the person that you serve and what you're are helping them with and so you can think of a million ways to get that message across that's exactly what it is and it makes yeah. it so much more simple and so much more time consuming and everyone's different um but I love to spend so much time with my kids like I'm like sad when I'm not with them um and so I'm like right now they're young and they're cuddly and they just want to be with me all the time so I want to spend as much time with them as I can while they're young and I know like when they're seven they're gonna 
you know, probably want to do other things more. And so it's like, if I want to go back into hustle mode or whatever I can, but time is the most valuable thing. Like anyone who's looking at the monetary system, we know that like we love money, we love making money. And we know that money is literally a made up concept and they print trillions of dollars every day. So it's like, what's real is time with my kids. So I'm going to milk that as much as I can while they still think I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, very well, like they're in their hypnotic state right now. So yes. it's pr- prime time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I always think about that too. Like the fact that I'm so responsive, like they need love. They cry out. They want this. They want that. Like I'm there. I'm so present with them. And I know that that is forming like their little brains their little minds. And so, yeah, I know it's, I know it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay. So I, I want you to share with us a little bit about the Yes Supply certification, because I think there's going to be a lot of people in my audience that would be super curious and intrigued by that. I know a lot of people that are wanting to become coaches. They're interested in certifications. People are always asking me like what ones I recommend. So tell us like briefly a little bit about like Yes Supply and what makes it different and and what you certify in. Perfect. So the Supply method is perfect for you if you're a new coach and you want to get started on the right foot. So you want to know how to actually coach in coaching sessions, how to structure coaching sessions, different techniques that you can use and knowing when to use them. It's like, should I be doing goal setting right now? Should I be doing identity work? Should I be helping them release something? Should I be helping them with their habits? You'll know what to listen for that's at the root cause of your client's problem or the program that they need to program in. So you know exactly what to do in your sessions and you feel fully confident. It's also perfect for you if you're already an established coach, but while you're in your sessions, you find yourself thinking to yourself like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be asking more questions? Is there like my client keeps saying they're going to move forward, but they're not moving forward. Is there some kind of block? Like how, how do I help them actually take the actions that they want to take instead of feeling stuck in fear, doubt? anxiety, worry about what other people will think. So it's perfect, again, if you're new or if you're established and you want to take your coaching to the next level and go deeper with your clients. And the benefit too is when you feel as a more confident coach, you're going to feel more confident to raise your prices too. So how the Yes Supply Method works is by the time you're finished, you get certified in hypnosis, EFT tapping, so it's EFT tapping practitioner, neural energetic wiring, which is our update of NLP, which shows you how to use NLP in a trauma-sensitive way, in a um, diverse and inclusive way, and also using it online because NLP was originated in the 70s where, you know, people didn't do online coaching. And then you also get certified in neural energetic encoding, which we didn't talk about too much today, but um, every emotion, every decision that you have is stored like from the womb and sometimes it's even stored from past generations and so this tool can help you go back to the root cause of anger sadness fear guilt limiting identity shame embarrassment and release it so you feel more emotionally free to take action in your life and then also um, mindset coaching so we teach you how to actively listen to the root causes of what's happening powerful coaching presence And so by the time you're done, you feel totally confident to lead sessions, to educate people on the subconscious mind and how it ties into manifestation, educate people on the universal laws. And also you'll have your own shift. So you're going to become such a great storyteller because you can talk about your own mindset and emotional shifts that you have. And then other people who want that, they're like, okay, like sign me up. How do I do this? Um, One of the things that I love about our program is it's so hands-on. Because every single week you get access to either a 90-minute call or a three-hour call with your trainer. And these calls are really like integrated, right? So you're going to watch video content in between the calls. And then on the live calls, you're either asking questions, you're discussing what you learned, or you're actually practicing the coaching. So you get to step into your self-image as a leader, as a coach, as the type of coach that you want to be, as an expert coach and coach someone else through whatever they're working through. So you get to see firsthand how powerful the tools are and how well they work. And then you also get the opportunity to be coached. So if you have your own mindset blocks or things that you're working through, you have the opportunity to share what you're going through and someone will coach you through it in the moment. So you have so many shifts and it feels like a mastermind, a group coaching program and a certification all in one. 
Mm, so powerful. I love that. That's going to literally change the game for so many new coaches. And I know I was telling you this before we jumped on, but like, they, like a lot of people have asked me, like, what certifications do you recommend? And for a long time, there were none that I could really point to, to be like, this is a really high quality certification because unfortunately, like it's very unregulated and you never really know. And I've had some clients of mine get into certification programs and come back to me and be like, Oh my God, I'm so scared. Like your, your business programs were so great. And I thought that's what I was going to get over here, but it like, wasn't the case. And so you do, you really have to do your research and you want to make sure that you're in really safe hands. And I know that yes, supply puts a lot of time and energy and resources and, and science and money into making sure that everything is really well done. And so I'm really excited for the people that feel the call to do this. So we will definitely leave the information in the show notes for you guys below along with all of Reese's information. Um, but please Reese shout out for everybody, like where they can find you, what platforms you hang out on most, if they want to get in touch with you and, and your content or learn more about the cert. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to dive deeper into learning more about the cert, um, YouTube is actually a great place. You can try some of the techniques for yourself. So I have anchoring on there, EFT, some hypnosis, some subliminals. So try them out, see the shifts in your own life. And then you're going to be like, okay, I want to teach this to everyone. Um, so YouTube is a great place. And then also Instagram, I post on Instagram pretty much every day. So, um, you can learn a lot about the techniques as well there. And I share a little updates from my life too. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Reese, for coming on and sharing your time and your wisdom with us. It has been such a pleasure. Don't forget to go and follow Reese, you guys. We will leave her handles in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, or copy the link and send it to a friend. And don't forget, we are now on YouTube. So if you want to go see this video format, go ahead and follow us on YouTube. And you can find all of Reese's amazing subliminals over there as well. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much and we love you. Bye.